Bam 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 Welcome to Go Help Yourself, a weekly self-help podcast to make life suck less. I'm Lisa Linky. And I am Misty Stinnett. And this is not our normal episode. No, this is our mini-sodes called The Weekly Beef. We don't know why we call it The Weekly Beef. You don't know why. I remember I made a wonderful Beef Wellington joke and we couldn't come up with a better... Joke. Do you all remember? We don't know why we call it the weekly beef, but we do. And this is the weekly beef. We're not going to review a book, a popular self help book this this episode. So if you tuned in for that, sorry, elsewhere sucks to be you. That's right. But don't go away just yet because we have super fun things going on. These episodes are where we do anything and everything. We have quizzes. We talk about (laughs) fun stuff. We interview other people. We have guests. And today we have a guest. A very special guest. I'm going to read you a quick bio to set everybody up. I feel like... um, Did I do a good job? You did a good job, but I have never felt this energy from you. Sorry. I've been working. Literally, I screw up the intro every time, and you save me, and I wanted to do it. I've been practicing in my car all week. And for what it's worth, I've never thought that you've screwed it up. Oh. I've always thought you've just been in the moment and great. Whoops. That's right. Thank you. I love that you've been practicing. <laughs> Great job. Gold star. Okay. Um, Who is your language of guest? love validation? Okay. So sitting across from us, I almost yes. said in my hot little hand, and that's not right. Whoa. That's not right. Sitting. Hashtag time's up. Sitting right. Thank you. <laughs> my time is up. <laughs> sitting right next to us is actor writer Brian Letcher. You may know him as Tom from Scandal. Yes. Magnus from Valor. Yes. His latest play, Smart Love, was just chosen as an L.A. Times critic's choice and has been extended three times here in Venice, California for its West Coast premiere. Come on now. Brian also co-founded the Actors Asylum, an acting studio in Burbank. It's fucking wonderful with a ton of classes. And he's currently working on a screenplay for Smart Love and finishing his latest play. Oh, Brian, welcome. I do not know how to be with you two. You guys are amazing. Oh, thank you. Oh, I was you're my, new, you're my new Abbott and Costello. I was oh so expecting God. that to go a very different way. No. I did not expect amazing, but thank you. Yeah, are you kidding me? We have a nice repartee. Uh, uh, repartee. Repartee. Um, Brian. <laughs> Bilingual. Thank this you so This podcast is. Thank yes, you. It is. Oh my God. Oh, you. nobody can see it, but Brian's wearing sort of a French hat. He I is. Am. It's it's a mixture of a beret. I would I've don't kept, say beret. It's not a beret. 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 Oh, I, I've continued to say all night that it's a newsy boy paper a paper newspaper. Nope, it's Thank a you. newspaper boy cap from 1940s. Just so you know, as I approached the building tonight, he was out front selling papers. I was extra extra. Read all about it. Have you heard the latest news from Brian Letcher? War is over. Papers are big these days. Hey everybody. Ooh, if you were What's just handing an iPad, it's a newspaper. Brian, thank you, you so know. much for Can being here. Can I burn here. it? In my sure. purse, I'm literally carrying a section of the newspaper. I'm oh. old. Also, by the way, Lisa's been telling me like four times this week, she's like, oh, I've got to mail you that article. Yes, she's what I mailed I saying, yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying, Lisa, can't you just snap a picture of it and text it to me? And she's like, no, i got to put a stamp on it. Yeah. It's happening. Wow. I, listen, I'm, I, I am my mother after You're all. so young. Mirror, mirror on the wall. I am my mother after all. Were you just about to say I'm so young? Uh, no, but I like where you're going. I think I mean, you hear you. what you want to hear. I do. Yeah, yeah this is about <laughs> self-help, so I like it. Oh. Okay. okay, so I want to know, Brian, how do you know Misty, and what juicy details can you tell me? Oh my gosh, I have no juiciness. Yeah, um, real boring, real yeah, straightforward. Yeah, totally boring. Misty, I, was t- I taught an acting class three or four years ago on the West Side. Yeah. And Misty just showed up one day, walked in the door. <laughs> just wandered in. She's dirty was and she mangy. Registered? Yeah, she yeah, was yeah, not registered yeah. for the class. I no, didn't have a chip. Just, I didn't have a she, chip. She didn't have a Nobody chip. I just, it. I called the number... <laughs> But no one answered. They said, just keep her. I was okay. like, okay. Keep her. We don't want her. <laughs> it was, instead of reward if found, it was ro- reward if kept. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Warm milk. Um, yeah. No, Misty came into class and, and I can't remember how. Uh, so I had been in Leslie Kahn's comedy intensive yes. with a wonderful woman named Ann Letcher. That's right. Who is Brian's cousin. Yes, my sweet cousin Ann brought oh, Misty to hi class. Hi, Ann. 
brilliant. And Anne's yeah. a wonderful actor too. She and is. so when you were launching your class, Anne was like, you've got to take this class. Oh my God. And That's it was right. this magical, magical it group. Great. It was such a good group of great. people. It was such good vibes. Oh my God. It was great. It was I mean, great. it was maybe seven regulars. Yeah. Um, was it like an ongoing that still class? Still keep in touch. Yeah, it was an nice. ongoing class yeah. for almost a year, maybe on the west side. Yeah, That's great. yeah, it was terrific. So Misty was, and she was wonderful. She's excellent actor and mm. really smart, and yeah. Thank you. Um, lots of thoughts. And you know, class went really long when Misty was in it. Um, oh, what? No, I'm kidding. Other people were in it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Other no. people were in it, but we just, no, no, I no. just like to get the most out of. It I was you. no, it was great. Misty was great. So that's how we met, and we've yeah. we've stayed in touch. And and obviously, Misty's a writer as well. So we talk writing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. we've semi collaborated on some things or That's been cool. been totally. support for each other's oh my gosh, like writing yes. projects. Yeah, yes. isn't she the best at giving feedback? Holy cow! I was working on this project that she helped me with for like I don't know a week or two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extensively. Yeah. Taught me all sorts of stuff. So thank you. Hey, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. Sidebar. Quick question. Yeah. Can Sweet Cousin Anne be the name of your second play? That would be Sweet weird, maybe, Anne. but it would be my. I'm, I mean, who's counting? But it'd be my third play. Um, well, I want but, you to go back in time. <laughs> 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 well, that would be my, a whole new play. Okay. And by sure. the way, um, uh, a, a group of the students from Brian's acting class from several years ago, and I went and saw Smart Love. What, mm-hmm. like three weeks ago? It yeah. was awesome. I can't. And wait. where can we get tickets? Uh, you can call it's Pacific Resident Theater in Venice, so you can call uh, the number, box office number there, or you can go to PacificResidentTheater.com, awesome. and there's a, a little link to For get tickets Love. through there. Yeah, Smart Love, it runs, right now it's running through April, or maybe even early May, we're not quite sure Great. yet. We're confident it's going to get extended um, again. Yes, it's been yeah. going really, really well, and the cast is unbelievable, I think it's... Uh, yeah, and the house was packed when I the house was there. Is, yeah. yeah, it's 95 minutes, there's no intermission, and... So um, go before you go. There's lots of twists and turns. <laughs> there are a lot um, of twists and turns. Provocative yeah. questions. Oh, yes. really interesting themes. Ooh, like yes. you're just sort of like, oh man, how far should we go with technology if we could? You know, like yeah. I, I, I won't it. say anymore because I don't want to spoil it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Gonna go. you should go. It's well, really. Uh, it's a. I call it the. You know, the car ride home play. There's lots of yeah. conversations, <gasps> and I get yeah. lots of emails the next day or two days oh, later going, what yeah. is the. Tell me about this. Tell me about that. So I, I enjoy that it's sparking lots that of conversation. That it sticks with people. Yeah. I think that's the mark of really good writing is when something sticks with you. Yeah. Like I watched There like, Will Be Blood and like even now, oh that God. was like 10 years ago. Even now I'm like, hmm. Wait, there, what movie? There Will Be Blood. Oh, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, I drink your milkshake. Yeah, I drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. Yeah. But so, okay. Here's so, why we invited you in. Yeah, please tell me because I'm a little scared right now. a podcast. Why? I'm tied up Only because we're, yeah, I know. But we just, They're just zip ties. Yeah. I can cut them with this huge knife at any moment. <laughs> just leave my beautiful hat on. Just don't take the hat. Leave my um, page boy hat on. Yeah. All of a sudden, I sound like uh, yeah. Catherine Hepburn. Yes. Well, of you course. old poop. You, uh, Mary, uh, you gotta. Uh, and Mary. the sea turtles. If anyone's seen that. <laughs> Nana loves when I do my Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> well, we love you, Nana. Okay. Um, well, okay. So. We wanted to, this is the podcast about self-help. Yes. We review books and then um, we've been asking other people about their experience of self-help. We've had some interesting experiences doing this podcast. Mm. But what we really haven't had or talked to is kind of a straight white male. Uh, uh, we're <laughs> no, out there. No, 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 no. We're out there. No, you are. And I think, I think, and I, I actually, something I've been wanting to say um, on the podcast for a long time is we we have, you know, we jokingly reference like mediocre white men a mm-hmm. lot, right? Mm-hmm. Carry yourself with the confidence of a mediocre white man. And I, I was just thinking, I was just thinking, um, you know, a few days ago about all the really exceptional men in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have been really fortunate to be surrounded. And don't get me wrong, like there's, I've had my fill of <laughs> <laughs> mediocre, <laughs> mediocre people, yeah. you know, but, um, and that's my own judgment, but I have also just been surrounded, especially in the last few months with really loving, supportive, open, wonderful Men, and so I just want to give a shout out because I think it's so easy to just kind of be like, oh, the patriarchy and this and that, and then it's like, well, wait a second, there there is so much masculine supporting feminine and feminine supporting masculine, and so I just want to take 
carve out time to say, like, that's something that's been on my mind. I so love I that. To share it. Thank I love you. that. And so I still will burn the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, and we should. And it but should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part of maledom should should definitely be leveled. Mel- There's what? Maledom. maledom. Oh, maledom. The- I thought you said maledumption, and I was like, oh. dumption? Oh, that's a what word. is this? That's the White House. Thank you. Well, so what we didn't mention in your bio, which I'd love to go back, is that before you got into acting, you were a football player for the University of Michigan. I was. You were. Go Big I Blue. was a football player. Yeah, you know the blue? I'm, I'm the, from a Big Ten school. I'm, I was born in Champaign, Illinois. So oh, U of I. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. You probably played in Memorial Stadium. I, yeah. Yes, I didn't play, but yeah, I was there. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun yeah. big stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, I played football at Michigan and then coached college football after that for nice. five years. Nice. Dude, I didn't realize it. Five years. Mm-hmm. So you so you really had sort of like, a, a, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a first life and then this whole other second life, like sort of a second career. Yeah, I actually had a career in between the two, too. What I, was your I, career in between? I was in the dot-com world in New York City. You in your what? third act right now? So oh, my God, act. you in a suit in Manhattan? I can see it. <laughs> totally, I can picture it now. Totally. The first day there, I s- stepped into a rain puddle. Literally <laughs> steps out of my apartment. It was like the old, you get out of, you know, hey, I'm going to work on, I'm going to Broadway today, and you get and shit on by a pigeon. Yeah. You know, oh, it was like no. It was like that. <laughs> So it wasn't quite Don Draper, but it was, um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Don Draper's bad choice. Well, um, so I guess what was interesting and what I'm curious to know about is from, because we only have our, as I've learned this word, hermeneutical lens, um, our own perspective. And our perspective is obviously two incredibly talented, Amazing, generous, beautiful, gorgeous, compassionate, lovely bitches in Los Angeles. Aspirational. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of what is missing as a regular voice is that, um, you know, male perspective. Well, yeah. And I, I have a couple of things I'd love to touch base on. And uh, the first thing I want to know is, so... As an actor, you have to be emotionally open and vulnerable mm-hmm. or on the day. You know, I've I've been to plays you've been in in the past where you've had to cry on cue and, re- you know, on your knees, spotlight mm. on you, have to cry on cue, single tear, you know, and access those emotions yeah. in a moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not been in a high stakes sports world like that, but I can also only imagine that that is the opposite of that, that maybe you can't show that vulnerability and that emotion. So I'm curious if you can speak to that or that experience, maybe transitioning from one to the other, or if that wasn't your experience. It's an interesting question. And um, I think, I think there's more similarities than I would have at first thought. Really? Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, the, the game of football is a violent game. Physical and mental toughness are are a premium. You know, you can't you can't pay attention to distractions. You can't pay, and, and that might be you know bruises, bleeding, things like that. You can't pay attention to a mistake that just happened because you got to be in the moment. You have to absolutely be in the moment. Oh, and not only that, but your emotions do swing wildly quickly. Mm-hmm. But you have to immediately snap back yeah. to the next moment, to the, you, to the present moment. So if you drop a pass in the end zone, that's unbelievably disappointing in that moment. It's crushing because you've practiced so hard to make that play. And more importantly, with almost every athlete I ever knew, it wasn't about you. It mm-hmm. was about the fact that you let your team, team down. down. Yeah. And, and, and even more broadly, in a place like Michigan, you're letting a whole fandom down. Yeah, that whole stadium is. Yeah. It's They're just, riding those highs and lows, for too. For sure. So, but the next minute, you got to dust yourself off. you got to get back up. And you got to think about the next play. Um, you're also playing with a... A tremendous level of emotion. I was a very emotional player. Not every player is like this, but I bet you were. Most players are really emotional. Um, I didn't your love that. for the people you are playing with, and mm. your love for your coaches, for the most part, there's always exceptions. There's people you want to, you know, um, and maybe love of the game for sure. The love of the game, the love of the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there was a great purity in playing sports. And then coaching as well. It's why I eventually got out because eventually that that purity was shattered and I couldn't deal with that. Oh, no. Yeah. The ideal world that, you know, Michigan was a very ideal place to play in terms of 
the integrity that was um, placed on the program there, that what was taught us the way we played the game, the way we treated each other, the way we treated uh, our opponents, the way we treated the game. Clear eyes, um, full heart, can't lose. Yeah, it really was that. And mm-hmm. people don't believe that. But, I mean, there's always a little, you know, I, I don't want to put it quite up on that pedestal. There's, you know, there's a reality of that world. But in that world, you couldn't have played at a better place, in my mind. Got it. So... Once I really saw aspects of college football uh, that were difficult for me, it, it was something I just, uh, you know, that I had to step away from when I was too young to really integrate all of that mm-hmm. and keep the good with the bad, you know, because yeah. there is still a lot of good in it right? Um, and a lot of good people in it. Um, so anyways, there was there was a, a tremendous amount of emotion and feeling and reverence and um, for playing the game. And then... And pressure, the ability to perform in a moment. Oh, my God. I didn't – I'm seeing all these parallels now that you're, yeah. you're pointing it out, but I never thought of it. Yeah. That way. So, I mean, that's very much acting is, you know, you have to – when the cameras start rolling and it's the end of the day and everyone's tired and money's being burned and you've got a monologue, you've, you've got to step up and deliver. Right. It, that's your job. Yeah. And uh, so there's something about being able to settle your nerves – and get completely present and not let the pressure of the situation take you off your game. So basically, uh, I am saying, so tense right now I thinking could, about like <laughs> playing for like a stadium full of people. See, it's yeah. so funny because I'm thinking, so basically, I could be a football player. You could totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Second career. You're going to go the other way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers just hired the first two female assistants in the NFL. And I saw that a college team, it's like a NC uh, 1A or, or 3A, I, I forget, they um, just signed a female kicker. There you go. So you're on. What? Cool. <laughs> is sports. <laughs> sports. <laughs> it's the chains. <laughs> so as you were transitioning from this football and sports centric world into something um, a little, you know, acting, which is a little more vulnerable and a little more accessible and not so insular and even the tech world which is you know you are on your game you are confident everything is fine we got it into acting did did you find that there was any sort of like hyper masculinity that you had to shed or was there any kind of like evolution that you found yourself going through yes i I think the one thing about football and the tech world actually at that time was very insular and very focused on one thing right i was focused on winning football games Recruiting players, eventually getting the NFL, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. In tech, it was, you know, selling the great, this greatest tech package and making a million dollars, right? It was extraordinarily focused. You know, the tech, the internet job was 7 a.m. to mm-hmm. 7 p.m. every right. day, right? Right, um, And so the time for self-exploration and the space for that was only there within the context of that environment, so I could explore myself in the world of football, but yeah. I didn't wasn't necessarily exploring myself outside of that. Like I didn't go to a movie for five years. Yeah, I don't think. Holy I mean, shit. I probably went to one or two movies, but you know, I think I sh- I showed up to this is horrible. I showed up to a good friend's wedding in my football sweats because I just come from watching film and got the, to the reception at like ten thirty at night. Oh my god! And didn't want to bother to go home and change. Right, because you'd was, miss more of the party. You'd yeah. miss more of the party, yeah. and it just didn't, it just was out of my world. All right. I was doing was watching film and sweat. So so there wasn't a lot of exploration in that regard, and I think when I got into acting and writing, all of a sudden that the world opened up in that way. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I need to be. I need yeah. to be able to, I need to look, I'm ex, with every character, I'm exploring myself. Yeah. With every play you read, you are exploring yourself, right? Right. And we respond to ones that touch on things totally. that we're feeling. And so it's it kind of like a gift and a responsibility. Oh, my to, goodness. That's so interesting. And the first teacher I had was very methody, so there was a lot of emotional exploration. Um, but that was good for me at that time. I feel I really needed to do that. Uh, because there hadn't been a lot of that. Like I said, within the context of football, I was very emotional, but in that world. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I had the skills that translate that we just talked about. Yeah. But but this sort of a different vulnerability. Uh, of like embracing all the parts of yourself, not just the athlete yeah. in you, right? And not just the forward-moving 
tough, goal oriented. To, yeah, it was. It was. It's a little more reflective, you know, and um, and also you're you're talking about relating to other people with acting. Yeah. You're talking about understanding and listening to other people. And right. I had been a coach for a long time, so yeah, you listen to your players and you talk to them. But at the end of the day, it was yeah, here's boss. what we're doing, yeah. and I need you to get on board. Yeah, right. So. Um, you know, it, it, it was I definitely that you every role you kind of approached from like a coach perspective for a while. I guess, I, you know, I think I, interestingly enough, I think I went the other way pretty quickly. Ah, great. I think that this teacher I had um, very quickly keyed me into, you know, I, I bought in very quickly to the idea that you had to open yourself up. That's great. And I think I had a lot to let out. <laughs> so, you know, it was like three years of crying in a corner in acting class, you know, um, thinking that was acting. Yeah. And it was almost therapeutic. It's not, not acting. It's Pratt. not not acting. <laughs> it was you like Pratt. You need yeah. it, but you also need, you know, some a container for all that and some structure for all that and yeah. some guideposts while you're yeah. working. So you're not just melting down, you know? That's interesting. I have a follow-up question. Yeah, go ahead. So not every person is going to become an actor, please, because I also need work. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. everybody. No, there's not, Brian. By the way, everyone, she was looking at me when she said that. (laughs) And we all know. No. I'm struggling. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I just meant like, you get it. You get it. You get it. It wasn't like you shouldn't. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, If we all know in this room of the three of us, it's Brian who should stop acting because we need more work. Um, Because he and I are clearly- Clearly in the same category. You can do it. Um, Moving on. If you could stop going out for 40 something women, I would really appreciate it. That's my next, that's the next thing I want to explore. That's great. Thank you so much. You'll probably be given a lot of money by Netflix to do it. Um, Okay. Here's, here's my question. So because not everybody can become an actor and it sounds like it really gave you permission to explore and be vulnerable in a lot of different ways um, and and outwardly ways Mm -hmm. that you were willing to like show and demonstrate. Yeah. So a lot of people can't do that. Um, what, what, or how do you see people and, and men in particular? I'm not asking you to be the token Please, white yeah. dude who's speaking for all token white dude. But <laughs> I, I guess my question is like, do you see your friends either who aren't actors or who who are still in the either the football world or the tech world? Like, how how do they approach self care and self help? Do they do they like it? Do they see it as something that's important to you? Like, w- w- tell me, talk to me. I, I definitely do. I think I go through waves like a lot of people. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes I think we reach out for self-help or self-care when it's almost too late. It's like if you're, mm. you really want to drink water when you're, when you realize you're dehydrated. But well, by the time by you're thirsty, time, you're already dehydrated. You're already dehydrated. Yeah. So I, I think that what I've learned over the years, you know, I went through a period in New York where, you know, I read The Power of Now, which was just kind of a seminal book for me. Um, we have not um, read The Power of Now on the podcast, but we have read A New Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle. So yeah. that it just, I mean, in The Power of Now is a very simple book. He just over and over in different ways tells you to how to be present. Be in the moment. Yeah, that's moment. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And very, very long sentences. Yes. <laughs> I, I describe it like an MC Escher painting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, and it's all what resonates with you. So that book really resonated yeah. with me. It might not resonate with other people. There's other books that people loved and gave to me. And I was like, I had this just, I don't get it. I don't care to get it. Um, yeah, I think certain books speak to you and any information at different times in your life. Yeah. You've got to be ready to receive the information. Totally. Or you just may not like the style of writing. Yeah. I don't like an MC Escher painting. It gives me anxiety. The way don't you're like, getting it. Exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank um, you. So I'm a big, I, I'm a big, uh, um, I, it's done a lot for me, in in but I've also learned, I feel like through that exploration, what I believe in terms of self-help, what kind of self-help that I really think is effective. Yeah. Versus, Great. Are um, you willing to share? Oh, I'm trying to quantify it right now. It's more, I would need more examples in front of well, me. Here, here uh, I will give you a very simple example. Do you lean more into the sort of spiritual philosophical self-help or the more practical? Like here is like like yes. the life-changing magic of tidying yes. up, you know, is like step-by-step guide to tidy your house with a little philosophy about it. And then there's like the you power are of now, which is yeah, and the yeah, and the the power of now is or or a new earth is like 
here's how you should be approaching life. You know, it's not, it does have some steps in it, but it's not as like, here's a list of things to check off to. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely am not a, this is the way to cure your life thing in yeah. terms of here's a list if you do this thing. But I also feel that sometimes um, the more ethereal approach uh absolves the individual responsibility. Mm. And so I respond to self-help that basically says, look, you are responsible for your own life. Mm. Here's some ways that you can make your life better, but it is up to you to do this. There's no, it's why I see a lot of the memes on Instagram or, or to Facebook. And I'm like, that's great. We should all have a dream for sure. You should also love. have an action plan, you know, <laughs> right, right, and wishing right. for something is yeah. not going to get you that something. Yeah. Should you wish for something right. and think about it? Absolutely. But right. if that's all you're doing, I feel like people get fed with that, like yeah. a little rat in a cage. They like tap just the manifest, bar. manifest, manifest, right. but it's like it if makes, you're not going out and following that up with some sort of action. It makes them feel good in the moment, and that's the problem. They read this thing that makes them feel good in the moment, mm -hmm. and they get a hit of feeling good. And then they never actually go out into the world and do the things that need they need to do to make that happen. Yeah. Well, the knowing and the doing are two sides of the same coin, but they're completely different processes. Totally. And one is immensely harder than the other one. Way harder. Right? Harder in the sense of if you take it in if you take it in whole. Yeah. You know, don't you know? It's the old step eating step, an elephant. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh yeah, we said that eating on eating an airplane too. Uh, yeah, yeah, eating an airplane. Yeah, there was, was a guy who ate an entire airplane. Right. Bite by bite. Right. Exactly. Like he just like like rounded round it, it up and put it in his food. Um, he died early. Yes. Yeah. He did. <laughs> he really did. Blood poisoning. Well, I. But it, yeah. So I think I think I think that those di those are the differences that that I see, and, and I just want to get back to the men I know. That question yeah. about yeah, self help. Please. Like, is it? I mean, also answer, and then also as a tag on, is it cool for you to just talk to your Bro dudes. That's right. I just said bro dudes. Thank you. I, I know men. Is it cool for you to talk to your bro dude friends? Like to say like, hey, dude, you need some self-help. Here's the book. I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, in, in, in so many words. Yeah. Okay. And I've lived in New York and L.A. for the last 20 years. Yeah. So different communities, right? Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, where I'm from in Michigan, I would say half my friends would probably be open to me sending them maybe not the power now but maybe you know, not the secret tools of tyson or, or tools of titans by tim ferris sure mm -hmm. different kind of book a sure. little more on the lines yeah. of like, like hey tim here's ferris. what you do tim's wonderful and that yeah. book is wonderful and it's basically hey here's what you can do to change here's some practices you can do to, mm -hmm. to, to change your life yeah right so i love that that would be fit some people but yes the answer is i have found Particularly as I've gotten a little older, mm -hmm. the 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 um, willingness to be open to a friend has has in uh, those ideas has left these sort of um, there's a maturation process with it, right? So in your twenties, yeah. you're sort of everywhere exploring everything. And if someone's yeah. like, "Hey, read this book," you're like, "Great, cool," kind of that late night college dorm room talk feel. You know what I <laughs> what mean? Is life? What's I do life? What's life about? That. Right? So there's that. <laughs> is there feeling, God? Right. <laughs> And then as you as I've gotten older, it's been <laughs> Misty just imagined me as a hippie. Me a guitar, right? quick. What is religion if we're all practicing the same thing? Oh my the pizza God. I don't wear here. shoes why anymore. Why is yeah. war? Why is war? Um Yeah, I agree. And then well, well, I, I think also too as as you age, you deepen those friendships, so it becomes easier. And it becomes very intimate to then say to somebody, Hey, I got this book I think you might like. I, and it's a much more specific I agree intimate act and I find a lot of men I know are uh, my friends we're doing that all the time it, yeah. yeah read yeah. this book how you feeling today and we're having conversations about well, that I do feel like ladies often are like you should read this book yeah yeah we're a lot more authoritative like mm -hmm. Lisa mm -hmm. you need this <laughs> yeah well do you feel like in your experience in your sphere men are talking about self-help enough in my sphere, I would say probably yes. Again, I, I have no idea how that relates to um, yeah. the the rest of the world. Because uh, this is a liberal city, and you're in a vulnerable yeah. profession, and you know, yes, yeah. exactly. So I think there's a, an openness there and a willingness to explore. And 
uh, curiosity to possibly change your mind about something. Right. Um, right. That is huh. that is out there. Uh, so I I I think so for sure. Um, also, I just had this thought. It seems as I sit here listening to you that self help is like built for men because it seems like men often have this traditional like I have to fix things myself. I have to do things myself. I have to take care of things myself. There's not a lot of, you know, if there's a problem, I need to solve it. There's a lot of implied responsibility yeah. with being a man yeah. is my interpretation. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, my take on, um, yeah, I, th- I think that being a man or being a woman, they both come with their bag of implications. Yes. Don't they? You know? Don't they? So, <laughs> and, and Pardon I think, me while I pick up my bag of implications. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing I'm the bag of implications. my bag of yes. implications. It's heavy. Yes, yeah. and I don't mean to sound like that's how it is because no. I don't mean to be gendered in that sense, well, but I do feel... Look, I, I th- here, here, honest, I think each gender has their bag of implications mm-hmm. and I think there's... There's generalizations that are true. Yeah. yeah. They're just true. Yeah. And so the more we can appreciate those differences and generalizations, generalizations instead of valuing them different, that's the problem yeah. is we value them differently and they shouldn't be valued differently. And historically they have been. Yeah. And yeah. that should not be the case. They should be valued equally. Our implications and our responsibilities, our strengths, our weaknesses, yeah. which I believe while there is overlap, I also think there are things that are are gender specific in a way and that's okay yeah as long as they're not valued differently that's which they nice historically have yeah. It, yeah they need to be it doesn't mean that there can't be crossover individually as an individual yeah. and you go through different phases of you know right so those generalizations yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. are not necessarily uh apropos all the time but I think that uh, the idea that men aren't maybe aren't vulnerable or aren't talking about these things um, is is not true in my experience. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we may spend less time on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. You know, or it can be a little more cut and dried, a little more, which again is not better or worse. Just different. Yeah. Just different. You well, know, and really, that when we're done, it's like, great, okay, good, moving on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I'm really glad to hear that because I think I have been worried that, you know, there's all of these men who maybe feel like they don't have the permission to do it or they're not allowed to do it. You know, I look at um, my dad was a really open and vulnerable and loving guy, but I look at some of my friends' parents and the way the dad interacts with the kids or, you know, that sort of thing. I just think like, I can see the vulnerability in you that you are not letting out. And I I just worry that men receive these messages constantly. They do. That you got to man up. You've got to suck it up. Don't cry. Stay strong. You know, all that stuff. So I'm really glad to hear that, at least in your experience, there's permit, there's more permission now to talk about it and And to to be open. I think there is. And I think it's also generational. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the world war two generation, and this is men and women. Yes. That generation yes. just had to man and woman up. That's right. And like come together against a, a very definitive, distinct evil. Yeah. <laughs> and survival. Defeat it, right. Yeah. yeah. Like we had to do that. Right. Um, as time has gone on, that has been um, more murky waters. If you're just like talking about war and things like yeah. that, yeah. things that challenge yeah. our nation. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and, and make you also, you look at, the um, agriculture and industrial age have changed in terms of the type of work that's being done. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think our roles and our attitudes and what we need to bring to the table to survive or get through and the way society then looks at men and women is changing so rapidly now. Yeah. Because what's required of us is different. Yeah. Even historically going way back, what was required of men and women was different is, is now drastically different today. It's really interesting. I've never thought about it in that context, but you're right. It's almost like our jobs and our daily lives allow us to have more exploration, right? If we're thinking about like the hierarchy of needs, you know, once we have more needs met, we can kind of explore our full selves. So I want to circle back to what you were saying about crying in the corner for three years and acting, you know, when you first started acting (laughs) and that you had a lot to let out. You mentioned that you thought it was helpful to have guideposts and structure with sort of exploring that for the first time. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Um, 
Well, I, I think again, there's 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 phases of that, right? So there's a point where you just need to be able to let stuff out, but then eventually, like I had this acting teacher who you would, again, we all thought that just crying was the best acting ever. If you cried, it was a great scene, right? <laughs> so someone would cry, you know, and there was private moments. Have you ever done a private moment? <laughs> they were no, like, "This is a comedy. This scene is right. actually a comedy." Why are you crying at the top of the scene? <laughs> you Neil just Simon. got a new car. Way to right? go! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so we were doing like stuff like private moments, which is something you would only do in the privacy of your own home when no one else could see you. Right. Oh, you know, a real emotional. Yeah. yeah. And they were wonderful to open you up, but we thought every scene had to have crying. So people would be sobbing in the middle of a scene, and then she'd be like, she'd sit there, and she'd go, "Okay, come on back now," you know. And the message eventually became, you know. All that stuff can be going on inside you, but your job is to try to actually keep a lid on it In right. as an actor. Mm-hmm. We want to see you trying not to cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's more interesting. And because you have things to do. Yeah. You have something in the scene. You have, you, you're in the middle of a restaurant. You can't, you know, it's not, you're, you've got something that you want from this person in front of you and actually melting down and crying in real life generally doesn't work. Yeah, that's right. You know? Run away screaming. <laughs> Pull it together, goddammit. Hey, yeah. <laughs> on our podcast. You want to play football, you cannot cry like that. Why? And Go on. And then they get a field goal. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Um, that's so interesting. All my private moments, this explains why I do comedy, because all my private moments were just me picking my nose. Right. Um, this is my privatest thing. Is yeah, I'm like, ugh, I hate, I hate it. I oh, mean, mine is singing and dancing very weirdly around my house. That's right. nice. You know what I'm whatever makes you feel vulnerable, right? That's <laughs> it, Misty. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, that's, yeah, that's really interesting because yeah. I have found in my own journey that having the right, what I call, container – for it so and that that could mean like so the four of us sitting in this room right now is a specific container and we've created a safe space to talk about this and open each other up right that's a certain container yeah and so having containers where it's cool to be lighter about it and have a lighter discussion with people it's cool to really get deep you know and be vulnerable and say i'm ashamed of this or i or i'm feeling proud of containers yeah within and it's it's just like different containers well yeah and it's like water like the energy sort of takes on the shape of whatever container you're in and so Mm -hmm. being mindful right about the kinds of containers you enter into and what information you share in those containers i think is it can be really powerful if anybody's starting a self-help journey for, yeah, for sure, I agree, and 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 the the difference of, you know, yeah, the, it's such a fine line between experiencing your emotions and expressing those to other people and giving them the respect and nurturing that they deserve, mm-hmm. and also being able to continue to take tiny steps forward in that yeah. process and yeah. not just be a snowman melting in the middle of a hot day, exactly, yeah. and know? not not. Yes, because there is there's something about giving other people or putting on other people the responsibility to take Cor- care to of take you care of exactly. versus somebody who can sit with you in that moment, yeah. let you have what we call the dignity of your own experience. Mm, beautiful. And then that's Matt Beisner, my voice teacher's words, no, not my own, take but it. he's brilliant. Take it. I accept. Take it. I accept. I'd like to thank Lisa Linky and oh, no. Sav no. for being here, getting oh, whoops. me here. Oh, sorry. It was an award speech. Thank you. Like, I totally <laughs> missed that, you guys. I missed uh, so, that. So, do you have you read any self help books and what are your favorites that you would love to recommend? Yes. Um, yeah. Well, the power now, as I said, but other uh, ones that don't sound like an MC Escher painting. Wh- <laughs> uh, well, they're all going to sound like that. Great. Um, when things fall apart by Pima Chodron. <gasps> we is one of my did favorites. that on the very last episode. Okay. It's not like an MC Escher. It's not much. She's much more. Yeah, much more um, anecdotal. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved that uh, recently. I don't think there's been as much recently. There's a book called Start that I like that was very much like... Start? Yeah. Just basically, you know, if you want to do something, start it. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Just begin. I love that. Quit thinking about it. Quit talking about it. Um, Just start. Um, That to me is... Again, the older I get, I gravitate more towards that stuff. Yes. Action. Time feels precious to me now. Yes, it does. You know, it it feels very uh, fleeting. And so... That's uh, more the type of stuff that I that I would gravitate to towards now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, oh, one more. Yeah. 
It's not necessarily in the realm of a self-help book, but everybody should be read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Man's Search for Meaning by Frankl is one of the best books I've ever read. That is a huge recommendation. We'll check yeah. it out for yeah. sure. That's yeah. good. Um, and if you enjoyed uh, When Things Fall Apart and The Power of Now, may I recommend to you Please. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by I Mark Manson. I love that book. <laughs> so good. I've listened to it like three times. I have the it's audio book. So- Three because times it, it li- feels like the modern accessible version yes. of a new earth or the sort of, it kind of takes those concepts and makes it approachable and like But his main mantra is basically, you're Give responsible f- for your own life. Quit giving a fuck what other people think. Well, yeah, and Quit. and stop giving a fuck about things that don't matter. Yes. Only do the things that matter to you. Quit it, worrying about all this shit. Yeah. Yeah, we got super lucky. That was the first book we did on the podcast, our Brilliant. episode one. Brilliant. And it's just been kind of like the foundation that hasn't left my brain yet. I know we're going a little long, but one okay. point in there that was amazing yeah. to me that kind of t- t- dovetails into what we were talking about is he really has this whole section on... Basically, how the, the the indulging your feelings so much and having this thing is actually like a a really sick form of narcissism and entitlement. Yes, that I love that victim part. Yes, is the as victim much mentality. narcissism as somebody oh who thinks they're incredible. Exactly. I'd never thought of it that it way before. Blew and it blew me away, yeah, and me now too. I see it everywhere. I'm me like, too. oh my god. Get over it. Like it but get over it. Like if you want to talk to me about it, I'll help you. If you're genuinely feeling this but way, but this the second you keep identifying and you keep, keep playing yes. over mm-hmm. and over and over every yes. time I talk to you. Yes. Can't do it anymore. And exact you know? exactly the reaction you just had is why I love self help so much because every single person I say, Oh, well, you know, I do this self help podcast, everybody goes, Oh my God, have you read so and so and so? Oh, this thing blew right. my mind, and that's what I love about it. So um, I'm so I love that book. I'm yeah. so glad you do too. I'm so glad you came to talk to us. I feel like the the we did some research and the self help industry is geared towards seventy percent women. And I'm I feel bad. like they're missing yeah. a huge market. Men yeah. definitely feel like they need help as well. Do you know everybody <laughs> does? Everybody yeah, does. Well, and that's sure. the idea is like if you if you're not feeling like you can talk to somebody else about it, if you're not feeling like you want to jump into therapy, maybe you will pick up a book. Maybe you will listen to an audiobook or mm-hmm. a podcast. But my very last question for you is how do you practice self-care? What do you do for self-care? Uh intermittently and and more lately thank goodness meditation. Mm-hmm. I, I think is I think is just it should almost be mandatory in school. It's yeah. It's I don't know why we don't teach that and make that a part of our day the way we would PE or music or anything. Yeah, else. we're a Western civilization. Yeah, we're getting there though. <laughs> we I, 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 it's it's going to change. I think it is changing. Already, I think so too. Meditation is huge for me. Just quiet my journaling. Um, do you do morning pages? I do. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. if I'm being honest, you know, three or four days a week. It's it's my new promise to myself. I just started something a little six month like thing um, that is going to include morning pages every day and, and meditation. So, And by thing, do you mean like you're actively practicing growth or like you want to you want to commit to a more creative? There's some things I want to get done creatively. And cool. again, I feel like the window is short. So it's going to take it's just instilling more discipline mm-hmm. into my day. More structure. That comes from Tim yeah. Ferriss. Yeah, more structure and, and going Again, if you want to get this done, here's the work you have to do. You know that when you wrote your last play, you committed to writing 10 pages a day and the mm-hmm. play was done in, you know, 20 days. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. It, right. But you have I would to like to write a play in 20 do days. Do that. <laughs> well, I'd done two years of research before. Right, right, right. But right. you have to do that. So now I'm in the process yeah. of going, okay, here's what I have to get done. I've been fucking around with this for five months. Yeah. It's time to put it to paper. It's time to put it to paper and it's really. It's been marinating. Get the juices out yeah, on the page. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I would say th- those two things are really important. Uh, physical exercise is always goes back to my athlete days. I, I just I, the science is obviously there. The more uh, the endorphins and the, what it does to your brain, serotonin. And, yeah, yeah, it's so chemically important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, being being present in general. Mm-hmm. The power of now thing is really important to me. So when, if, when I'm with my kids, trying to be with my kids, when I'm with my wife, trying to be with my wife and listen and really <laughs> notice things. Not yeah. be answering emails in your brain and not be, right. yeah. Which is hard. I, it again, is hard. It's a, it's a big struggle, but 
the phone thing's a big thing. I used to be a lot better at being present, I feel like. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that's not an excuse. Again, when the, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, that would be considered an excuse. So yeah. I can't make Take the excuse. The phone, a phone, I have put the power to put the fucking phone down. You do. So, and and um, something that I found to be a helpful practice is when I get the urge to look at my phone, like the second my dinner partner goes to the bathroom right. or the sec, or I get to a restaurant and I'm waiting for some, oh, apparently all my things revolve around dinner, but <laughs> um, you know, if I'm waiting for a friend to show up to a movie, don't pull out my phone yeah. and I'll get the urge and I'll have to like, I'll grab my phone and I'll put it back in my pocket because it sort of trains your brain to go, oh, here's how to experience a quiet moment as opposed to just like what's going on on Instagram or And then I'm replacing that with a couple breaths. Oh, so putting great. my phone or not reaching for it and just going, wow, just breathe, man. Um, so cool. If any of our um, LA listeners are in the area and want to sign up for classes at the yes. Actors Asylum, yes. how can they find? Are you still teaching? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, I teach a Sunday night class and a Monday day class, and we're adding classes all the time. My, my partner in that is Colin Douglas, who teaches a great class on Sunday. Um, they can find us at theactorsasylum.net. Mm-hmm. Theactorsasylum.net. Dot net. Yes. Uh, a bold choice. It is a bold choice. Well, it wasn't a choice. It was Dot not available. Yeah. Copy um, Copy and if they want to find you on social media, where can they look? Uh, the Twitter is at B. Letcher. Instagram is Bletcher. at Bletcher. <laughs> and the page boy cap. Mm-hmm. And Thank uh, Instagram is at Brian Letcher. Okay. And Brian is spelled with an I. And That's Letcher right. is L-E-T-S-C-H-E-R. Very oh, it's good. Let's. Cheer. Yeah. With one E. With a Let's share. share. Let's share. Do you believe in love after love after love after love? Oh my God, fantastic. Thank you. So I've never heard that before. So Brian, rich. Thank you so much thank for being too. here. This yeah. was my pleasure. fucking awesome. It really was. Yeah. My pleasure. And I can't wait to see how. Like, you, you have so many things. I can't wait to see this next project come to fruition. God, yes. I, Six months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I encourage everybody to go see Smart Love at yeah, the Pacific please. Resident Theater in Venice. I love Venice. this play and I love this cast. I'm and going. Yeah. And this is are, its second run because it was in Michigan at the Purple Rose Theater, it right? It premiered at the Purple Rose in, in Chelsea, Michigan, which is Jeff Daniels Theater there. It's where my first play premiered as well, which was about oh. coaching college football. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah, so that's my home theater uh, in Chelsea, Michigan, which I love, the Purple nice. Rose. It sounds really special Shout to have to the world premiere there. Yeah, it's really it's cool. a great theater. We could we could have a whole talk about that place. Um, okay. But yeah, so this is the West Coast premiere, and, and um, hopefully it is going to go elsewhere. So please come see it because yes. the cast is putting their heart out there every night, and I think it's a really cool. Fucking yeah, show. It, I, I'm yeah, going. I can attest to that. I'm going. Um, and as we always say, life, life is, is abundant. abundant. Hey, everybody! Did you think we were done? Did you think that was over? Well, you probably wished because it was a long minisode. Yeah, but Brian's awesome. Yeah. And thank you for listening. And we didn't want to interrupt the flow with a homework check-in, but we also didn't want to leave you hanging because we haven't had any homework check-ins because in Because we know while. you've been on bated breath waiting for to see homework check-ins. what my budget was going to look like. Yeah, so Lisa from The Total Money Makeover yep. by Dave Ramsey, yep. your homework was to make a budget. Yeah, I got rammed. And- Thank you. And you, I remember you having some resistance because you were like, I know that I'm going to have more going out than I have going in. Yeah, because my job is unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And um, as an actor, 90% of the time you are unemployed. Yeah. So that's super fun. Super fun. So what was it like for you to make a budget going in already knowing that? Fine. You, uh, as she said, fine. She looked up. She got droopy, sarcastic eyelids, and she wouldn't look me in the eye. <laughs> it was fine. Listen, it's always good to go back through and look at like all of your uh, utilities and the things that you have. Um, you know, and the subscriptions that you have that are monthly. Like, yeah, it's good. Um, I ended up canceling some monthly subscriptions too. You did. I didn't yeah. cancel any. That's cool. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> um, you know. It's tough. I I probably could be a lot more strict about it. Here's the thing: I coach people for for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I people will come with an audition. And I need to coach them. So I need to I need to see a lot of different types of shows. Mm-hmm. So I would love to give up my Hulu subscription. I would love to give up my Netflix subscription. I would, but I I need to be able to watch this stuff, and I don't yeah. want to pay. 
individually for, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and also I feel like the value on return is, I mean, it's just so huge. It's like you pay eight or nine bucks a month and you get like thousands of hours of programming is a good deal. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I, you know what, Misty, honestly, I think what it did was it made me a little sad that I live alone because it's expensive to live alone. It is. And it would be great to have a partner to split a fucking utility with. Yeah. You know, LADWP is like 75 bucks a month. Yeah. And it's really expensive. Or to split rent with. I mean, it just, it is... It is a lot easier to yeah. split costs. So I think doing the budget like that, it it doesn't make me scared. It doesn't make me upset. It just kind of makes me like sad yeah. that that is not a, a benefit that I have from a relationship. That being said, I never argue with anybody about money. So like <laughs> that's right. a benefit to it as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think and I think just be, if you were in a partnership, it doesn't mean you automatically would argue about money. Um, although I know that that's present for a lot of people. But I think this just speaks to how um, m- it's never just about the money. It's about the lifestyle you wish you had. It's about the scarcity that you feel. It's about, you know, it's all the feelings that come with that because money is just a representation of security, right? Or status. It's, you know, it's not, it's just a symbol. Whatever you project on it. Exactly. So did you find anything that um, like was useful where you were like, oh, I could improve in this area or I couldn't, or did you learn anything at all? I think there's all, I I think when I think about a budget and how to make it better, it's always like uh, austerity moves. You know what I mean? Like, If I wanted to really keep to a budget and keep my asset and my liability and my income and my, you know, my expenses um, at reasonable, I would cut out a lot. And I do cut out a lot in a lot of different areas. Like I don't buy a lot of new clothes. You know, when I was a consultant, I was making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And living in a in rent that wasn't that expensive. I mean, I think our rent in Chicago was like sixteen hundred a month, and that was like so long ago. And that's that was expensive. Yeah. But there were two of us. Like, yeah, and it came with parking. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we would go shopping every weekend and buy new clothes. Right, right. I I rarely buy new clothes. Right. So. There's a lot that I gave, and I started living that lifestyle a long time ago when I quit my my day job. Yeah, so I'm used to that kind of stuff. But you know, am I not going to have my dog's teeth removed because it it gives him pain? No, I'm going to do that. Is yeah. that another three hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I, mean? I I I also live by this thing. You know, my dad really taught me that a dollar to me means more now than it will when I'm old. And it's same. It means more to you than it does to me because I'm older than you, right? Mm. So like, you taking a vacation now and spending your money now means more to you than it will when you're old, right? Because of compound interest or that sort of thing. No, or? just because of the value of time and how you you will enjoy a thing more when you're younger than when you're older. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's it's harder to travel when you're older. You've seen right. more when oh, you're that's older. What you mean. That's it's what not you mean. as exciting. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. I worry less about I worry less about it. When my dad explained that to me, I was like, I should save, I should save. He was like, you know what? If you found a dollar bill on the street, it would mean more to you than it would to me. He's yeah. like, you know, cuz he values different things. Well, yeah, and like he's like I'm I'm older than you. I have more money, but also like just as much as it, you might pick up a quarter, I probably wouldn't pick it up. He's like, because mm. it would it would hurt my back to bend over. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, 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 right. But right. also the same token, then you spending a dollar means more to you than spending a dollar means to me. Right. Because of age. Because I've done more things. So you found it a little bit arbitrary. I guess. Kind yeah. of. Okay. It was interesting. So thank it you for the exercise. It didn't ignite a fire of like no. restructuring your finances. No. Okay. Okay, thanks, Liz. Goodbye for real this time. Bye. Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.